So this is our first edition of my new podcast called Fear Not. Yes, it is. With Ken Kruger. I'm, hey, hey. I'm super excited to do this. Um, why Fear Not? Um, why I'm calling it that? I think now's kind of the time to focus on our faith and not our fear. Mm-hmm. And the Lord tells us not to fear um, more than anything else in the Bible. Right. Um, a little... <laughs> a little info for people who don't know me personally or don't know Ken. Ken is a wonderful preacher here at Mountain View in Sandy, Utah. Yep. Um, this guy really knows how to put the word into perspective to nowadays perspective, which is a lot of reason why I want to get him in front of the microphone and help speak to others about the word and, and bring it into context to today's day and age and, yeah. and let people know that it's not a book of, that would, or some stories that happened 2000 years ago. Mm. All this is alive and present today. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about fear. Not I'm going to read a passage that stands out to me. This is fear. Not, uh, this is Isaiah 43, one and two. It says, and this is from the NIV translation. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Mm. So I, I just love that because it just shows that with God, Standing with Jesus, you have nothing to fear. You have not. It doesn't yeah. matter what you're going through. Yeah. If you hug close to Him, it makes it that much easier. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. I love it. I, that that passage keeps coming up uh, in my life recently. So I've been kind of contemplating that too and thinking about just the power of it. Because I mean, number one, it's it's God Almighty saying, "You were my idea." You know, I've called you by name, and I know he's he's addressing Jacob here, but this is this is for us as well. We're grafted into that line, and uh, his inheritance is our inheritance. So whoever's out there listening to this right now, you can just as easily. I know there's there's some people who say this is a heretical thing to do, but hey, guess what? They're wrong. Uh, plug <laughs> your name into that. You know, oh Jacob, I've called you by name. Oh Bruce, I've called you by name. You know, Ken, I've called you by name. John, Sally, whatever it is out there. You know, and, and when it says, when you walk through these things, I'm going to be with you and you're not going to be overwhelmed. You're not going to be overtaken. So that kind of presupposes that, you know, there are going to come some days that are less than comfortable in our lives, yeah. to say the very least. You know, um, you get your heads in the clouds if you're not thinking that's true. But God says, no, 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 you're mine. You're my child. I'm going to use all things for the good. I'm going to strengthen you and build you. And don't be afraid. You know, like you said, that's that's the most common command in the in scripture is don't be afraid yeah and, and that's so big because i mean especially driven these day and age it's it's a we're society's instilling fear into people oh, so much even when you see parents like with children right they tell them not to do something they by telling them to fear it like mm-hmm. this will do that to you yeah. instead of like educating them on what's going to happen and mm-hmm. It's be scared of what's going to happen. <laughs> That's a good point, right? So right. it's it's right. It, and I was talking to to this gentleman the other day about fear and about this podcast I'm going to start and and how I think it's big to fear not. And he was talking about this study. I'm going to have to get the who did this study before, but he was talking about how if you instill fear into someone, if someone is in a fearful state of mind for two months, 
mm-hmm. and then you instill a lie into their into their perceptive right mm-hmm. and then after that two months of fear that lie it they, they will protect that lie more than anything else as wow. if it's true wow with just just two months of fear huh right which which is insane to me because we just went through a whole year of 2020 <laughs> of just constant fear that is a good constant point. worry yeah so huh which concerns me how many of these lies are instilled in us yeah yeah that we are just want to protect and hold on to wow, wow. so that's that's really interesting the human psychology behind that makes a lot of sense you know i mean even if you look at societies in the past that seemingly go off the rails in ways that rage against common sense you know through our historical perspective uh, a lot of that does have to do with fear. You know, you, you instill fear into a society. Uh, they become psychologically malleable, you know. So that makes a lot of sense, man, uh, just, just from a scientific standpoint, much less spiritual. You know, it might be one of the reasons why God says the, the most often repeated command is don't fear. Fear not, child. You know, he wants us to be solid and strong in our, in our beliefs, in our life, in our destiny, in our mission. You know, we cannot accomplish that if we're walking around petrified. Well, okay, so if we are to not fear, how do we go about that? What, 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 where do we place our fear? What, 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 in replace, what do we yeah. replace our fear with? Yeah, well, I mean, okay, to be cliche about it, you, you guys, everybody has heard this, you know, fear is, you know, evidence of things not seen, and faith is evidence of things not seen. Or no, how's that, how's that go? The faith is... Um, well, believing in something that that you don't see, right? Yeah. <laughs> I forget what the cliche is for being as common as I just said it is, but uh, I believe that faith and fear are mutually related to one another, and uh, it's it's an insistence on believing something that that you don't see the evidence of. So, uh, to answer the question practically, it, the way to combat fear is to plug in your faith. Wow, that, that's really interesting because a lot of people, when you, especially when you're trying to plug in Jesus or God or this faith that isn't seeable, mm-hmm. th- those same people that say, how do I believe in something that I can't see, that it's not right there, that I'm mm. not sure of? Mm. Well, you, you're someone, do you fear? Right. Yeah. Right. So if you fear and you can't, you can't see yeah. what you're fearing yeah. and you're creating all that, like... Yeah. Just like you said, that it's kind of interesting. That yeah. why did why are they so open to fearing, or or they can do that, but they say they have a hard time seeing or believing in something that's unseen, yeah. or having yeah. faith in something that's unseen. So that's we, interesting. We all have faith, Bruce. We, everybody lives a faith filled life. It just depends on what you have faith in. You know, one a podcast I listen to every once in a while. It's uh, uh, the title of it is "I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an, Athe- an Atheist." because there's so many leaps of faith that we all take on it so i think you know one of the arguments against you know uh god-based faith is well there's there's too many assumptions and there's too many you know uh putting your head in the sand and blindly following something and and i i understand those arguments i disagree with them but i would also combat them with what you just said is dude you, you you have faith that you're implementing every single day every single day you know, and a lot of times it's masquerading as fear. You know, like uh, you're, you're told a worst case scenario and all of a sudden your your mind goes to that. This and this is going to happen. You know, I mean, like you mentioned 2020, man, there's been a case study in faith and fear. 
You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not coming down on either side of this thing, but it's really, I mean, you, you were around for this a few months ago. I preached a series on fearing not, you yeah. know, that, that I see fear running rampant in the world, you know, and uh, where we're told COVID is going to be a societal killer. You know, and so that that influences everything that we do for a year is, you know, we're, we're all going to die, you know, and I'm not saying that we're not cautious because of this thing. It's real. But I am saying, man, I've, I've just seen fear rise up unprecedentedly in, in you know, believers and unbelievers. Uh, it's very interesting, like going through last year and you're living in this country that's instilling all this fear but one of our slogans is in god we trust hey like, man there it is where's buddy where's the trust pull out your 20 dollar bill buddy look, look at that money and preach to yourself that's good <laughs> where's the trust man <laughs> um, but i'm excited where what what last year did though one thing i I've, I've noticed is what last year did put people into perspective in where we need to go amen right yep. it, there's never so been from how many times you've You've seen it look like there was no light at the end of last year's tunnel. Mm-hmm. How big is the light now? Yeah. You see a lot. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I was watching the NBA uh, champion or the playoffs yesterday, and oh. I was just looking at the crowd and how many people were there. And I'm just like, yeah. man, normality. Yeah, <laughs> right, dude. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I think everybody's ready for that. You know, like I've heard a few people say things like, well, I, I like the changes that 2020 has made. I've never been a real social person. You know, so there's definitely that crowd out there. But I think for the vast majority of people, even if you're not social and you're not, a you know, some butterfly that enters the room and scream and look at me, you, you, we miss being with one another. You know, yeah. we, we are created by God himself to be social beings. You know, I mean, one of the arguments are, are just points that I get thrown at me a lot, especially here recently, is, you know, what, what, uh, what does the Bible have to say about actually meeting, to, about coming to church? And that's the context is, you know, is, is church necessary? And I read the Bible and I say, well, actually, you know, you can't live the life that the Bible is telling you to live unless you're living with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you implement the thou shalt and thou shalt nots and do unto one another these commands without being in relationships? I think we're all yearning to get back like, oh, show me that that crowded stadium again. I want to I want to root for the jazz next to some rabid fans next to me. <laughs> Have you the know? camaraderie of it. <laughs> That's you know? it, buddy. That's but it. The, the, there's something, the unity yeah. is, is huge. Whether yeah. it, it doesn't matter what you believe in, the fact that you have someone standing next to you believing in yeah. the same thing has yeah. a lot of power to it. That's it. That's um, it, brother. Totally. Which which brings me to like bringing so plugging back in Jesus when you have more than one person believing in Jesus there he is right yeah. so you see a lot more happening and a lot more mountains being moved yeah. and a lot more yeah. um, storms fleeing right like, yeah or whatever the case yeah you want absolutely however right. you want to put it so mm. okay um, as far as that goes another thing as far as this podcast because th- this first episode that we're doing I'm, I'm kind of trying to want to lay out the forefront of what we're about to do yeah. kind of give people expectations of what they're going to listen to when they tune in. Um, so this is a podcast. I want to reach the people like I'm, I'm in my mid late twenties. Right. Um, and this is when I found Jesus heavy is like around 25 is when I started, but I started going heavy not too long ago, about two years ago, 27. Mm. But I, one thing I have realized while finding Jesus is, man, if I had this just a little bit earlier, <laughs> if I, why, why, why so late? I mean, he was, he was making me into who I am now in yeah. order to get close to me. But 
the reason why I bring that up is because I want to show people and, and, and give people a testimony of what life is like with Jesus next to you. Mm. And, and there's no age that like you can get close to Jesus. Like mm. there, it doesn't matter how old you are. Right. But a struggling age in today's time is around that, that teenage years, mm. right. Yeah. Where, where they, they they got that phone in their hand and it's instilling more fear than anything else. Yeah. Cause yeah. you have like, Never has there been a time where if there's some devastation somewhere in the world, does the whole yeah. world know about it within yeah. 10 minutes? Like, right. It's right in everybody's hand and you can't get mm. away from it. Mm. Especially with like the social media, the Snapchat, like all that. Like mm-hmm. you're seeing stuff that you don't, you didn't ask to see it. You didn't Google it. <laughs> right. Five years ago, like you would have to Google it. Now yeah. it's not even Googled. It's like, what do we want you to see? Let me yeah. shove this in your face. Yeah. Right. So I kind of want to reach out to those younger the younger generation and let them know the man with jesus here you can you can see that you want you want to scroll right past that yeah um just because yeah. you know what it's doing to you and you recognize when it's doing to you yeah um so yeah yeah no i think if i can add on to that you know because uh you're flying the plane here man i, I can't wait to see what god's going to do through this podcast in your life uh your mission is just incredible i think it's it's you're gonna. You have the ability, the anointing, to use a churchy term to reach a lot of people, and I love that he put on your heart this this demographic, uh, because I think the power in these this you know uh, decade and a half that you you're trying to reach, you know, uh, it's so profound. You know, like the the track work is being laid in your life for the person you're becoming right right around this age group, mid teens going up to 30, you know, that it's, it's like, I'm, I'm an old man, you know, I'm, I'm honored that you even asked me to, to be a part of this because I'm 43 now. So I know there's not a 16 year old out there that looks at me, doesn't think that guy's got one foot in the grave. Right? <laughs> and uh, trust me, when you get here, you don't feel that way, but I know, I know what perception is. Um, and I, I look at that, that demographic, that generation, and I'm like, oh, to implement what you just said, to plug Jesus into this life that he's given you. In this season, uh, the, the the unbelievable potential that that you have at your fingertips, so the, the the potential to become this powerful person, you know that that to to instill in a sixteen to thirty year old the ability to see the world through the eyes of the kingdom, the eyes of Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, it's it's I think that's why the enemy's raging for this generation so hard. Yeah. You know, uh, suicide statistics are baffling. They're 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 profoundly intimidating for this this demographic, and uh, Jesus is reaching into it. And on top of that, like not only like the suicide rate, but uh, the medications that we're yeah. putting our kids on to help them focus. I could tell you from personal experience, one thing that Jesus brings to your life is focus. Mm. And yeah. focus on the good things, yeah. the things that you want to be focused on. I've had so many distractions in my life where I couldn't even see how much they're pulling away from my focus. <laughs> right. But these are like hurts, hangups, and habits that I've instilled in my life that are keeping me from the focus of who I really want to be. Right. And we all know right. who we really want to be, but what in our life is keeping us from doing that? Yeah. And yeah, you can have the power to get rid of those things yourself, but if you have Jesus helping you out with that, you just ask him. <laughs> call him. It's as easy as asking him. Yeah. And there's so many things I've changed just recently in the last six months that it started with, Jesus, will you help me with this? Amen, brother. Yeah. And, and, and I talk to Jesus a lot, and I yeah. ask him for everything. Yeah. Right? I ask him for everything, but 
not but. I mean, yeah. stop saying that. It's not but. <laughs> it's and, true. And yeah. after I do so, uh-huh. it just weeks go by, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, yeah. it didn't take much for for that to go away. Right. It's not like I said, Jesus, will you help me? And then I opened up a book on how to. Yeah. Literally, yeah. all I did was ask him to do it, huh. and then from there, it kind of works its way in, and. Yeah. yeah. Jesus has the power to do that. That's what's yeah. nice is he has the power to do that. That's it. That's it. And I think that's that's the faith journey is mainly that. Like that's your biggest variable to, to plug into the equation is I, I acknowledge you and then you do the heavy lifting. You know, like one of the things that I pray over our church all the time is, and I say it very often when we're opening up the services, you know, we lift Jesus high. And then he draws all men and women unto himself. He reveals himself. It's not my job, even as the preacher, to be up there showing you God, right? I, I can't. Yeah. I can point to him, and hopefully your spirit looks at him, and then he does the life change. Yeah. You know, um, a, a word that keeps popping in my head as we're talking here is like intentionality for this generation that that you know we want to reach and we want to instill these lessons in. Is if we just intentionally look to Jesus, you know. Um, it's human nature to go to, you know, oh, I got all this work to do before I can really fix my life, before I can, I don't know, whatever it is that you feel, you know, called to do. Even sometimes, like, go to church, right? It baffles me how oftentimes people are like, well, I got I to gotta really clean myself up to go to church. And I'm like, that's contrary to the point. <laughs> the point is, you know, you, you come to him and he cleans you. Yeah. You come to him. He loves you primarily. He loves you. He forgives you. He has mercy on you. And then because he wants your good, he'll start addressing these things in your life. Like, hey, maybe maybe this thing here is going to lead you away from joy. You know, so let me give you the power to overcome it. You know, it, it's that intentionality, you know, and I think it's, again, man, going back to the, to the point, it's fear that keeps us from that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm not clean enough to pray. Oh, dear brother, sister, you are missing the point entirely, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of what today's society has instilled in not like actual Christianity or faithful people instilled this, but I think people that either fell away or people who don't believe in it are the ones who've created this perception that I'm not good enough to do this. Yeah, so true. But it's the exact opposite. Jesus said the church should look more like a hospital. Yeah. It's the place for the sinner and the prodigal. It's not a place for these perfect, righteous people. Right. And (laughs) I've, like, the last church I went to, shout out to High Point in Memphis, um, one, their slogan was the perfect place for imperfect people. Love it. And yeah, I love that. And that, that gave me the opportunity to just show up and be comfortable in whatever I am. Yeah. And like it doesn't matter if I had a, a late rough night the night before right. yeah. or if my laundry isn't clean. Like I'm going <laughs> to church, right? Yeah. I show up yeah. and I'm, I'm going to step in the door and I'm going to feel welcome. Right. And that's the point of churches. Yeah. Uh, especially I know this church has it and there's many churches out there that right. have this. Yep where you step in there and you feel so welcome, yeah. whether it's the greeting team saying, hey, you're mm-hmm. a new face. Can I ask, like, what's your name? And getting to know you and showing you around or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you met a stranger, you walked into a place where they're like a new person. That, that's a new person. Who is this? Mm-hmm. Right? How mm-hmm. are they doing? Tell me right. something about yourself. Right. Church gives that. Yeah. And, and the body of Christ gives that. Yes. Not only yeah. does Christ help you out, in his own in with him directly but he gives you those around you he, he can give you a body yeah. to give you unlimited resources amen yeah. right like a, yeah. being alone like you said in relationship right mm-hmm. well where where do i find a circle of people where if 
I don't feel a burden to ask for something. Mm. I need something. Mm. A lot of people these days are afraid to ask. You need, in the yeah. South, they say, if you need something, speak up. Yep. Right? Say something. Because yep. yeah, how am I supposed to know if not? But <laughs> in church, I've found it's one place I can ask for just about anything, yeah. if not anything. Yeah. Yes. And, and someone's going to be there. I can help you with that. Uh-huh. Or I know somebody who can help you out right. with that. Right. Let me, let me find some other Christian or like I have this Christian buddy that does this or so yeah. and so. And yeah. the resources are unbelievable when, when, when you understand that and you realize that that's there. Yeah. That's so good, man. And it's fear that keeps you away from that resource. Yeah. I mean, this is all to get, you know, kind of spooky about it, right? This yeah. is the, the, the plan of the enemy of your soul is to disconnect you from life, mm-hmm. you know? And if he can get disconnect you from the understanding that that's what the church is, is a resource and a family, then your fear is going to keep you down. Because, I mean, we all need help. We all need, uh, I don't care who you are, man, you're not going to get through this life without, you know, spilling a little blood, you know? It's going to cost you your pound of flesh. And the church is supposed to be there for you. The church is done right. Everybody should feel like these people love me, and they're going to help me when I'm in need, mm-hmm. you know. And and it really bothers me that religion gravitates away from that. You know, I know we're kind of getting churchy terms here, but you know, I always want Mountain View and any church that I'm a part of, the body I'm a part of, to be an anti-religion body. Mm-hmm. You know, religion makes you uh, hide. You know, which is the breeding ground for shame, and it makes you pretend. It, it's the breeding ground for hypo- hypocrisy. You know, and that's the concept that a lot of especially young people have about the church is oh, it's all this bunch of perfect people, you know, showing off their perfection. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's, that, if you just read the Bible, slope. oh, my goodness, it's a slippery <laughs> slope. You read the Bible and the categories Jesus talks about, the people that were doing that were the people that he was the most upset with. Yeah. You know, knock it off. He called them whitewashed tombs with rot and decay inside. Who is it that you put know? him up on the cross? All right. That's it. <laughs> it was the church. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Like, yep. it, uh, that's why I, I, man, I've, the first, before I found Jesus, I've managed to just beat myself down and break yeah. myself in any way possible. Yeah. And I, I, this brokenness that was inside, I felt nobody wanted a part of, mm. but what I've found in believers in Christ and the way Christ defines your brokenness is nobody's is worse than anybody else. So it's true. Like every bit of brokenness is the same. Yeah. Every yeah. sin is the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we, I heard a saying back at the church that baptized me in Corpus Christi. Um, he said, we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. We're naturally born sinners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So everybody sins. Yeah. Everybody's broken. Everybody's got these hurts, hang-ups, and habits, right, that, yeah. we, that we need help with. Yeah. Um, and, and it's nice to be able to come to a body where everybody understands that, especially when we're living in such a judgmental society. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah, and that's, uh, that is the lesson that faith will teach you. Fear keeps you from you know, and, and I want to constantly rage against that. That's why one of the reasons I, I gravitate toward and hopefully am the kind of leader and influencer and speaker that's very transparent about my flaws, you know, because it's important that we understand we all have them, you know. And the progressive sanctification journey is God does help us with those things. You know, prayerfully and, and through faith, I'm going to be a different man five years from now than I am today, just like I am a different man today than I was five years ago. You know, God does address these things. If we're following Jesus, we look more and more and more like him. You know, but we never uh, attain perfection. 
and we should never pretend that we have it. You know, because I know one of the things that the, the, the voice of the church has lost moral influence because we attack certain things while not addressing our own thing. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's, and this is not to say that there, you know, this is an unforgivable sin. I know there's a lot of dear brothers and sisters that have gone through the, the horrific experience of divorce. Okay. Um, so I'm not at all coming against that or, or trying to villainize any of that's That has been a very common thing. Um, but if it's something that the world has looked at and say, who are you to advise me on, you know, moral things, uh, sexual things, you can't even keep your covenant relationships together. Yeah. You know, it's time for the church to really address that and say, wow, yeah, God, there's nothing about me that's worse than, than anybody else. That's an interesting, I mean, this, this will go off our introduction, uh, topic, but just to bring a marriage, like in that covenants that people do in front of marriage, mm-hmm. uh, when they're, when they're giving their vows and that they, they put God in front of, and they're vowing to God to keep these covenants, right? Yeah. How many of them have made that covenant with Christ yet? Huh. Or how many of them are just saying it just cause yeah. that's the thing you say in marriage? Right. Right. right? Like, it's a good point. Man. <laughs> it's a really good point. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, this is one of the things that, that I really feel convicted about is is uh to the best of my ability explaining what a covenant relationship marriage is because if it's just you know a tradition that we say you know take so-and-so better or worse sickness and health richer for poor i do you know um this is not just tradition these are meaningful words you know and and that's what hey I, i say this as a married man my marriage would not be together today it would not be for god I don't know how anybody makes their marriage work without Jesus at the center. <laughs> you know, so it's you so, have to understand that. Do this for me. Um, elaborate on or give me the definition of covenants and elaborate what a covenants in anything, not just marriage, but in giving somebody else your word that you're going to do something. Okay. Give, give me a little bit of that. Spill on. Oh, man. You know what? I wish uh, I remembered all the things that I preach uh, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just like you don't remember all the sermons that I've preached to you. I don't remember them myself. I know that uh, the the point of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a covenant. Uh, and there, there are two different types of covenants that are, are spoken of in the word. And that is uh, a mutually exclusive covenant where I serve you in this way and you serve me in this way. And so therefore our covenant is sound. And then if I break my covenant to you, then you're out of the covenant. And then there's a, a, a one-sided covenant that is, you know, it doesn't matter what the other person does. Uh, the, the, the holder of the covenant is going to perform the rights of the covenant no matter what. And that is the, the covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ. That Jesus says, you know, I, I know you have an inability to give me the kind of agape, unconditional love that I give you. And that's something that we need to understand about the covenant that Jesus has made with us in his blood is I'm not trying to make grace sloppy, but he says, I, I'm the perfection in the covenant. You know, this this is this is for you. And then the covenants, the man to man that we often ascribe the context of the gospel covenant to is, you know, I, I pledge this to you. You pledge this to me, you know, both of which are very big deals in in the Bible uh, historically in the context that they're explained in. Uh, and relevant for today. And I think one of the, the tragedies that we've, you know, uh, really experienced is the misunderstanding of covenant when it comes to our family relationships, our marital relationships, and our relationship with God. You know, is God feels strongly about covenant, you know, and he wants us to be covenant people. You know, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Um, this is, 
this is the essence of, you know, integrity. Your word is, I covenant these things to you. You know, so he's, he's very serious about his covenants. He really is. I kind of, especially like relating that to the now's day and age and, or even the age group that we're trying to reach out that 16 to 30, mm-hmm. never in your life. I feel like, are you trying to bridle your tongue or learn what to say in the right moments than when you're from 16 to 30, I feel like that, <laughs> that age of 16, your first girlfriend, your whatever, you're really starting to learn what you need to say. Yeah. Oh, I hope this text comes off right. I mean, I know that's the age that was when texting first started coming around, but that was the age yeah. I started working on my punctuation. Even. <laughs> Right, I'm like, well, girls will like me better if I'm adding my commas, periods, and, yes. and whatever. I right? like they, brother, hundred appreciate that, yes. right? So, <laughs> just I guess the words that, that are coming out of your mouth, like, are you holding those true, or are you right. being sloppy with them, right? Are you like, like, like the acronyms nowadays? Like, why are oh people making up just RN? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I had uh, someone. Uh, Tell me the other day she was an RN for a living, and her son says RN, and she, it, she says it's one of her biggest pet peeves. Like wait, wait, wait. Oh, my gosh. Text her RN. She's like, I put so many years into studying to become an RN, and you're just telling me, like, <laughs> you're just typing RN right now. <laughs> you're, you're stealing my acronyms from me. <laughs> now, I'm going to be the old guy right now. What does RN mean? Right now. Right now. Okay, there we go. Yeah, like, See, I didn't even know like that, that, man. Like, that, why this are is they where I broadcast, that? and I'm in my 40s. Well, that so. <laughs> just goes to show what they're doing is cutting communication from generation to generation. Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. And that's I, I, I am praying, begging God Almighty for a resurgence of the art form of communication. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, yeah, we, we've really taken the legs out from underneath it with how cheap we've made it. Yeah. You know, I, I got sent a text by somebody yesterday, and this guy, man, he's probably, probably 50s or 60s. And it was a two-paragraph run-on I sentence that I had to novel. read five times. Be like, no, wait, wait, okay, that's the end of that sentence, the beginning of the next. This is a question, you know. There's nothing in there, no capitalization, no punctuation, no nothing. And I'm like, uh, it, if it just took the 30 seconds it would take to put that in there, it wouldn't take me the 10 minutes it took me to figure it out. It's so true. <laughs> so true. Well, bringing it back into context of, of Christ in the Bible, when you read his words, his punctuation, his commas, yeah. like the way they're saying certain things yeah. is so critical. It is. And the yeah. further we dig into this abbreviation, not understanding punctuation or not understanding this language that's been given, yeah. the yeah. less we understand the words that God's given us. So true, man. So, so true. Yeah. This is something I, I just read the other day that I thought was an interesting point. Somebody was raising the... Uh, the observation that you know you, you know the scripture that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God will raise up a standard against him. And this guy that was writing this article said, well, actually the punctuation is off in there. Uh, we always think it's when the enemy comes in like a flood, you know, this bombarding against us, this tidal wave, the tsunami of evil, of oppression, of attack, whatever it is. And he goes, actually, in the original languages, when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. And I'm like, oh, that's a total opposite, total opposite, yeah. you know, and I'm like, I like that. I, I don't even know if it's actually true or not. I got two yeah. Bible college degrees. I'm not sure if it's true, <laughs> but I sure liked it, it man. Makes... I'm like, oh, what a difference a comma makes. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah. It definitely does. And, and another thing that just like the texting and the small conversation does is it makes meaningful conversations never get your point across, right? Like, so true. 
that I have friends that are battling struggles. And back in the day, if you have a struggle, you can't text someone. Like you got to write them a letter. You got <laughs> if, if it's not even that far back, it's a phone call, right? Yeah. And yeah. You can get your words a lot better. They, yeah. There's a lot more context in a phone call. So true. Or a letter mm-hmm. than there is text messages. Yeah. 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 Letter. The difference between a letter and a text message is the letter they have to finish reading before they respond. Yeah. That's how it has more context is it gets your whole point across. True. Right. But it's still yeah. just text. Yeah. Um, when texting, it's like, let me send you this short thing and you're going to send me it back. Right. And like, <laughs> it, it just, I don't know how people like, I had a friend who went through it, got broken up with, with through a text message. Oh, come and on. he was, yeah, it's like, you can, because they fear uh-huh. actually talking uh-huh. to him. Yeah. They fear being able yep. to like actually say it in front of their face or yeah. whatever the case That's it, dude. That's it. Oh, buddy, I, a while ago, not to divert too much from our point, but yeah. I got on a YouTube trail. You know those YouTube trails you don't even know how you got where you are? Yeah. But all of a sudden you're watching like a, a cat beauty show and you started <laughs> off trying to do something productive. I got on a YouTube trail from uh, the show Catfish. <laughs> I would not advise this, all right? But talk about fear in relationship. I mean, there's so much fear. And then that shows the context of it, is people trying to deceive people. But how many of them would say, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm too afraid to, to speak to somebody. Yeah. Or I'm too afraid to, you know, uh, show my face on a webcam or whatever it is. I'm not definitely too afraid to go out on a date, yeah. you know? And I'm like, oh, fear is just trouncing us, bro. Yeah. Trouncing us out there. The fear of getting hurt or the yeah. fear of whatever. Right. Um, right. So... The last thing I wanted to hit with this whole uh, life with Jesus Christ and this fearing, having no fear with him, mm-hmm. um, is what else comes with Christ, and that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? And I yep. wanted to touch on spiritual versus spiritual with a capital S. Hmm. Right? There's there's plenty of spirits out there. Yeah. Right? You have the spirits of life or, or light and darkness and... And there's your spirit and there's my spirit. Right. And people are very spiritual people these days. Mm, yeah. But there's only yeah. one spirit, capital S, one yep. holy spirit. And that comes right. with Christ. Right. That comes right. when you put your faith in Christ, you also get the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And living with that helps you make the right decisions. It helps you know when you just, even if something small you did. You did mm-hmm. something very minor. People would laugh if you did it. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit's going to tell you a little couple minutes later, you probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's it. Right. That's it, buddy. Yeah. So. I think being intentional about developing that relationship. You know, I love that you brought up that distinction there. Because, I mean, how many times, especially with the massive, you know, um, outflux of people abandoning uh, traditional religion, you know. And a lot of that I do understand because... I think in, in man's hands, the pursuit of God has really become something it shouldn't be. Do the pursuit of performance, you know, um, and that's just, I mean, that's going to break down pretty quickly, right? So there's a lot of, especially younger people in the demographic we're speaking to, that are like, no, not for me. And what they'll say is, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, spiritual. you know? And it's like, okay, I get that. I get what you're trying to say. But, uh, man, that, that distinction you just said about capital S spirit and lowercase s spirit is uh man to be i would i would want to say that of myself i'm not religious but i'm spiritual mm-hmm. capital s spiritual you know yeah. because the bible's very clear it's it's the holy spirit that draws us to jesus mm-hmm. and he draws us in love you know the bible also says that it's the love of god that brings us to repentance not the wrath of god you know right. um that it's that's again plugging in our addressing of fear you know there's there's a lot of you know old-timey preachers that would 
preach kind of, you know, this, this, uh, you need your fire insurance policy to make sure you're not going to hell, you know, and like, that's not a tenable, you know, ongoing sustainable relationship with God. It's just like, oh, don't, don't smack me around God. You know, um, God is a God of mercy, love, grace, you know, and he hates, the Bible says he hates our sin because it separates us from him, but he doesn't hate us. Right. And he's always trying to extricate those things that will separate us from him, uh, from our lives. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. In, in the pursuit of spiritual, we need to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to be bigger, uh, more fed than all the other spiritual things around me. That's so good. Um, something you mentioned there that, that I wanted to harp on, especially to that younger age, is going to church in this religion or, the, or having uh, a faith or what you believe in, believing in Jesus Christ. It's not like I have to change all these things in my life to believe in Jesus. Right. Jesus wants to know you. Yep. Jesus wants to be your best friend. Yeah. And he, yeah. there is no better friend than Jesus. Right. Um, and he, he just wants you to talk to him. He wants, he wants you to express to him what's going on. He wants you to bring your problems to him. Mm-hmm. And when you bring your problems to him, you're not fighting these problems on your own. We have a high suicide rate, right? Mm. Why? Because people feel like they're fighting these these problems and yeah. and the weight of this world on their own. That's so and good. they don't need yeah. to. The, yeah, uh, I got from Greg Laurie's podcast. He's, he he talks about the devil when the devil comes knocking on your door. He, he goes, "Hey, hey, Jesus, will you answer that for me?" <laughs> and, and that's so good when you have yeah. that friend and you have Jesus as your friend. He's gonna help you fight those battles. Yeah. He's yeah. gonna help you overcome anything you need mm. to overcome. Mm. So good, man. It's, yeah, no, I completely concur. So with, with that, we hope you continue to tune in. There's a little brief uh, outlook on what we want to do with this and where I want to go with this. So I hope you guys continue to tune in. I want your guys' feedback. So I have an email with Mountain View that I would love to get your guys' feedback and some possibly some topics that you might want to be able to hear from me and Ken. That's That's Bruce P at MVCAOG.org. And with that, thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful day and God bless you. you